0: Welcome into the Voice the Colors podcast. I am your host, Stephen Igo, and it is time to take our final look back at the 2022 calendar year, specifically the 2022 ECU football season. It's our final show of 2022. It is December 31st, New Year's Eve, as I record this on Saturday afternoon. You guys may be listening to it. After the new year or the turn to the new year, but either way, will still be relevant as a lot to look forward to in 2023. Of course, we'll get into more of that in the coming days, but wanted to first start off by looking one final time back at 2022. We really reached out on, on social media, got a ton of responses, 77 responses to my original tweet about what you guys will remember most about the 2022 ECU football season. I will read as many of those as I can on this podcast. And we'll kind of, if I have any extra thoughts to share on each of your points, I will share those uh, in minimal fashion so we can get through as many as possible. But had a number of you guys ask about my uh, most memorable things from this season. I'll give you my top five and then we'll jump into each of yours. But first, before we dive into football, you know, baseball season was seemingly so long ago. But honestly, if I had to pick a single moment, from the 2022 ECU Athletics calendar that will always stand with me. It'll be the super regional atmosphere, just taking that in, especially the game one atmosphere. And quite honestly, the game two atmosphere when ECU was up 7-2, to two, the place was a party. Just seeing so many old friends that weekend inside Clark LeClaire Stadium, seeing the vision of Keith LeClaire come, come true, come to fruition as the Pirates hosted a Super Regional inside Clark Leclerc Stadium. Yes, it's it's been talked about plenty. The Pirates did not finish the job. They could not hold on to the 7-2 lead against Texas, but it was still a phenomenal weekend. And that postseason run as a whole, the win over Virginia in the winner's bracket game in the Greenville Regional was one of the best baseball games I've ever seen in my life, college or pro. The atmosphere was electric. Had all the drama. Excellent individual play. Excellent team play on both sides. And so I really enjoyed that game, and and uh, that one will always stick with me, as will, of course, the Game 1 victory, and then just the atmosphere that surrounded Clark LeClaire Stadium as they hosted a Super Regional. And I, and I think the way ECU fought, and yes, they didn't win, but the way they showed out on national television, I don't think the NCAA committee is ever going to shy away from giving the Pirates the chance at a top eight seat again if they are deserving, and they certainly – we will be hosting the Super Regional again one day with the way Cliff Goblin has this program rolling. But let's talk football. And to do that, we'll transition to my top five memories from the 2022 ECU football season. And eight and five, I'm going to go with the positive route. Some of you have chosen to go with the negative route, which I will hit on in your comments. But number five for me is getting over the hump against UCF. The Pirates have been dominated by the Knights for years. The only win coming over their winless team in 2015 during this recent run since entering the American. Of course, everybody remembers the fail Mary in 2014. That really started the downturn of ECU football in many ways from that point forward. And it just, it was so vindicating talking to ECU fans from their perspective, to finally beat the beat the Knights and ECU owed them one, and they gave it to them in a big way, thirty-four to thirteen, the most complete game of the Mike Houston era, and that still stands even after I think the how the season played out. I still think it was the most complete game the Pirates have played in the four years under Coach Houston. Uh, the Knights ended up being ranked a few weeks later, so you beat a quality team. You beat a team that ended up playing for the American Athletic Conference championship. And you really left no doubt. You dominated on defense. You moved the ball. You made every one-on-one play on offense. Of course, they wanted to spin up the whole playbook Was stolen deal. Apparently, also, uh, Navy, Tulane, and Duke got the playbook as well. But uh, that one, that game will always stick with me, especially with them going to the Big 12. Number four for me was the four-overtime win over Memphis. Just a incredible game. Um, at a pivotal point in the season, EC was coming off the Tulane loss and you had to find a way to win that game. A lot of the fan base was ready to jump ship at that point. Nobody realized how good Tulane was going to be at that time. We, we knew they were going to be better than 2021, but nobody could have foreseen them playing in a new year's six Bowl as the Pirates were coming off that 24 to nine loss. So you had a lot of people hanging their heads, a lot of people doubting the program, the direction it was going, Holt Ayler's, Mike Houston, and ECU comes back with a really quality win over a Memphis team, I believe, that finished with uh, seven or eight wins itself. So it's just a a phenomenal game. Four overtimes, and with the move to the new overtime rule where you start to go for two, starting in the third overtime period, that just kind of adds to the drama. Of course, both teams got their two-point conversions in the third overtime, and then ECU was able to get its first in the fourth overtime before Memphis could not complete its attempt. So the Pirates, again, another similar deal as UCF, had struggled to beat Memphis for years, now have beaten them twice in a row as we head into this new iteration of the American Athletic Conference. Number three for me, the bowl celebration. Obviously the bowl trip, the bowl celebration, the bowl win, kind of all go together. But really the bowl celebration for me, seeing the guys, just so happy. I touched on it on the podcast the other day. But man, just the joy on their faces, it was awesome to see being kind of in that scrum. And, you know, I remember talking to Jalen Johnson, who, you know, this guy won a national championship at Georgia last year as a special teams player, as a contributor. And even he was just down there losing his mind, enjoying the celebration. So it just meant so much to the players, to the team. He had talked about how much it meant to his teammates uh, coming into the program new, but understanding what was taken away from them last year at the military bowl and to kind of finally have that moment where you get to play the game and you get to win it. Uh, it was just great to see so much joy and relief on the players faces. That's something I will always remember. Number two, it ended in a loss. The game against NC state is something I always remember, not for the actual game itself. And I'll, I'll certainly remember the game and how it played out, but just the atmosphere, you know, the, it was a chance for the Pirate Nation to showcase itself on national TV, ESPN, the first game coming out of College Game Day. It was back to how it how it used to be, how, how sweet it was to go into a packed Doughty-Ficklin Stadium. Students were into it. The upper deck was full. You had visiting fans adding to the atmosphere. You had a back and forth game. You had drama, high stakes. It was one of the best games of the college football season. No, it ended in NC State's favor. Which was certainly a disappointment to East Carolina, but just the way that the team fought, played in front of that atmosphere, left it all on the line. Holton Ayers tears his shoulder three series into the game, ends up playing through the end. You had the epic goal line stand where I think every ECU defender hit the NC State running back. I really thought ECU was going to win the game at that point, just wasn't meant to be, but. That just showcased to the college football world that East Carolina is still here, still has a great atmosphere. Now you're coming off back-to-back winning seasons. Hopefully, we can see more of that going forward, and not just against NC State. And I realize it's it's tough to fill a 50,000 seat stadium in 2022 with how easy it is to watch games on television. But for me, I mean, we we got to get back to the point where ECU is at least having a solid crowd week in and week out. It doesn't have to be 50. Let's just get upper 30s, 40, and maybe lower 40s, especially against some of these big conference opponents, consistently get those season ticket numbers up because it is a special place to watch a football game, and it makes a huge impact on recruits, on just your average student. If they come to the game as a North Carolina native looking to see a fun atmosphere, maybe they want to go to ECU after experiencing that. So um, it was just awesome to be back in that and seeing what it was all about because you'd almost forgotten what it truly felt like until that date to open the season really played out. Number one for me, and this is a bit of a personal pick because I was on the trip. I'm sure if you were not on the trip to BYU, maybe you don't value this as much as I do, but the opportunity to go out to Provo, stay in Salt Lake, experience that entire weekend, and then see ECU... Win in about the most thrilling fashion possible in one of the best settings in college football. Uh, that's number one for me. The road win at BYU, given everything it encompassed from the atmosphere uh, to the opponent primetime game, the way it unfolded, the way Keith Mitchell was just slicing through the BYU defense like butter, the way Holt Nailers was able to make some clutch plays, Isaiah Winstead, C.J. Johnson, Uh, You had several guys making huge plays throughout the game, and BYU a little bit down this year, but still, to go into Provo and win, extremely tall task, especially on a Friday night. We listed off the stats at the time of how much they had dominated, especially East Coast teams, non-conference teams at home, and it was a great game. It's, It's one of the top games I've ever covered, given how ECU won and given just everything surrounding the game. I mean, you're, you're playing a football game with a mountain sitting in the background, you know, whole Naylor's is down there. We're sitting in the press box. He's throwing a pass and you look up and you are just playing a football game in the middle of the mountain. So, uh, like I said, coming out of that game, I can't recommend enough. If you weren't able to make the trip, but ever have the opportunity to go to Utah in general, or just go to a game at BYU, definitely do it. Class people, uh, phenomenal setting. And, and, Everything about that trip is something i always remember, and I, I hope selfishly that the series is extended at some point because it was such such a phenomenal trip. So those are my five top moments from the 2022 ECU football season. Again, the Pirates finished 8-5. and five. On the other side, we'll get into each of you guys' takeaways. I asked on Twitter, what will you remember most about the 2022 season? We'll get into that. On the other side, as we wrap up 2022, you're listening to the Hoist the Colors podcast. Alright, welcome back into the Hoist of Colors podcast. It is our year-end edition of the HTC podcast. We are now going to roll through all of you guys' responses, or at least as many as I can get to, of the 77. If I miss anybody, I'm sorry. Uh, trying to look through each of these on my computer. I got it pulled up, and hopefully Twitter will pull each of the replies. But if I don't get it for some reason, uh, it's not like I left out, left it out intentionally. I'll run through these uh, as, as quickly as possible. So we're not here all day. If I have something to add, I will do that. But otherwise, I'll just read them off as it is. All right. So what will you remember most about the 2022 ECU football season? Here are the people's responses. The dude says, I'll remember a lot. But one that sticks with and will be a running joke for years is the UCF playbook accusations. Never seen a team so in denial about a loss. Todd Chamberlain says the goal line stop against NC State, and he's got a picture of several East Carolina players tackling the NC State player, uh, the running back, attempting to score on that play. Pirate Bob 81 says the simple fact that we fans and players have that chip back on our shoulders. I feel that every game we play, we have a chance to win, as I know we will compete. Thanks, coaches and players. Kenny Curlings, I will remember the three games we should have, could have, but didn't win. I will remember the winning streak that got us bowl eligible. I won't remember the Houston game, as he has an emoji that just has him pondering. I will remember the amazing runs from Deuce and the awesome throws from 12, plus a great bowl game. Kenny Curlings, one of the great Pirate fans out there. Appreciate you listening, Kenny. Dennis Barber says, the good three-game stretch of Memphis, UCF, and BYU, and the bowl win, the bad NC State, Navy, Cincinnati, special teams in parentheses, and the ugly Houston and Temple, or Houston and Tulane, excuse me, didn't want to misspeak there, yeah. Houston still trying to figure out what happened there, but that will go down as one of the all-time head scratchers, not only for this season, but one of the all-time unexpected results of any ECU sporting event I've ever, I've ever covered, um, just was out of nowhere. And but that's sports, man. If you're not in it mentally, you're not ready to play, and the other team is, you can get crazy results. All right, Mark says uh, easy putting UCF in their place and beating them. Scott Lourbatcher, who was just added by the way, as a newest as our newest moderator on Hoist the Colors says, holding my three-day-old little boy while missing my first home game in years, seeing a stage an incredible comeback win versus Memphis was pretty great. Also, those uniforms. Yeah, I forgot to mention that that was the game they broke out, the modern throwbacks or whatever you want to term them, term them. And that added kind of the, to the prestige of that game. They finally won in white helmets. They won in those uniforms. That was that just kind of adds to the mystique in that of that game. So maybe I should have it higher than four. And that was one of the best games of the year as well. We talk about the BYU game, talk about the NC State game. ECU played some great games, some dramatic games this year. Uh, Nathaniel Horton, he has a picture of him and Holt Nailers singing the fight song after the Birmingham Bowl, and he says, "I'll always remember this moment. Great game to watch and cheer on the Pirates with ECU band and conducting the fight song with an ECU football legend." That's definitely a moment I'll remember forever as well. Nathaniel, I can still remember running over there because I knew as soon as Holton took off towards the band, I had a feeling that's what he was going to do. Uh, Patty says, love the highs, sad about the lows, but always a pirate, always loyal, purple, and gold forever. Manisha, the mother of Zay Jones, or as we used to know him in Pirate Land, uh, pirate Na- did I just say Pirate Land. What am I talking about? In Pirate Nation, uh, Isaiah Jones. Anyways, she says, being at Daddy Fick with my family in Pirate Country, and she's got several pictures of her and her family, including Isaiah and Robert hanging out at East Carolina. Uh, Yes, I am a pirate. Says, terrible special teams in the season that shoulda, coulda, woulda been throwback fire uni's first bowl win since 08 question mark it was actually the first bowl win since 13 crowd starting to return to dowdy Fick. jonathan says while it was frustrating at times we had some great wins and showed progress we should have won a few games and almost lost a few games but ultimately went eight and five and had the first bowl win in a very long time keaton mitchell was special this year holton had a solid year all caps he says progress And at the end of the year, eight and five is better than seven and five. And if you look at Mike Houston's tenure, this is my, this is me speaking, not Jonathan. Uh, Eight and five is better than seven and five. And four consecutive years, Mike Houston, from a win standpoint, winning percentage standpoint, has uh, has moved the program forward. I guess technically speaking, his first two years, he had thirty three percent winning percentage as he went four and eight, then three and six, but. The last two years has continued to move the program forward, and certainly the competitiveness of the team and how they finished up 2020 was a step forward, and it was just an insane pandemic, but you guys get the point. Anyways, back to the responses. NC Pirate 13, wondering how special it could have been with a legitimate special teams unit, State, Navy, and Cincinnati all decided by special teams blunders. I mean, that's the other side of it. Uh, as NC Pirate 13 points out I mean you can look at the good you can look at what could have been you can look at what happened if you really want to get negative you could also look at hey what happens if you lose to Temple what happens if you lose to Memphis what happens if you lose to BYU what happens if Grayson McCall doesn't get injured I mean we could do this all day at the end of the day you are what your record says you are 8-5 and the Pirates finish Uh, Scott Lorbacher adds the second point the great debate over going for two to make it a 24-point game. Yeah, that's still being debated on Hoist of Colors. Uh, as EC went for a two in the bowl game with two, 14 left. Uh, Joe Deloach says, seven home games, four straight to start the season, seven games to end the season without a turnover. Amazing. And, of course, the seven folks that should be fired should resign or should give back their scholarship following each and every game, win or lose. Well said, Joe. Well said. Uh, Chris Bray says, CJ's return and growth throughout the year. He's talking about CJ Johnson. Young Marlon Gunn coming in and playing like a much older player. The fight this team had, the UCF arse whooping and laces out. Yeah, great point on CJ Johnson. We kind of, yeah, really dating back to February, really kind of almost wrote him off as a guy who would not really contribute this year. And he ended up having the best year of his career. Uh, we also had an anonymous source give me the following. This is a person that is around the team a lot, not really part of the team officially, but, you know, goes, travels with the team and is around the team often. Uh, this person says, a team who came together for each other throughout every battle, win or loss. They were a unit who always believed in each other until the end. Any team that played against this this group noticed that and took away their undeniable grit And that's what playing like a pirate is all about. Great points for sure. Earl Manning says a few made field goals and we are looking at a really special season. Fair enough. You would love to have a time machine and just see the ball go through in the opener against NC State at the end to see how that changes the season. What could have been? Uh, David... Schlings, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, David. Uh, he says, negative special teams play, block punts, missed field goals, kickoff return for touchdowns, positive strong quarterback play, strong running back play, 1,000-yard receiver, strong D-line play, controlling the line. John Tweeter Richardson just has a picture of the bowl celebration and nothing else, and that speaks for itself. Uh, J- JW Clayton Five says Daffer blowing it. All right, well, there's your negative, negative route, Mister Negative Guy over here, uh, and KM Mil thirty four says, "How about those friggin' birds?" Quoting the great Mike Houston post game response we got after the win over, I guess that was uh, that was Memphis. Yeah, that was Memphis because he was yeah he was emotional and fired up because of the way they won it, and then he followed it up against UCF and then followed up again at BYU because that was a huge winning streak. That winning streak was awesome. Uh, Preston says my daughter attending multiple games and becoming such a fan she doesn't want to miss a home game or TV game to watch. That's awesome, man. Uh, great to hear. Eighty nine Pirates says the good, the Birmingham Bowl, the bad. The missed field goal versus NC State, and the balance, it's all sweet. I remember the bad times, and this is so much better. All right, Carrie Asworth says Memphis multiple overtime win. We touched on that earlier. Four overtimes, dramatic game, awesome game. <laughs> Jess says the HTC message board every time Mason Garcia didn't get in the game. Well, that was every game because they were always calling for Mason, and when Mason's the starter, they'll always call for whoever is behind him. That's how it works. Uh, Rob says the goal line defense versus state sport, uh, the poor special teams play, and the much deserved bowl win. Dylan Woolard says I left the Memphis game because there's no way we should have started that game the way we did. It's <laughs> still fire, Donnie K. For me, the Manning Passing Academy is a miracle worker. That is all. So Dylan, crediting uh, Peyton Manning and Eli Manning for Holton Ailes' growth, and not Donnie Kirkpatrick, I guess we'll we'll never really know. Although ECU did have the first three thousand yard passer, two one thousand yard receivers, and one thousand uh, yard rusher in program history for an offense. So uh, certainly you got to have talent to do it, but you yeah, know we'll see what happens with the offense going forward. Uh, Protect the bank says, unfortunately, special teams play with an upside down smiley face emoji William Alexander says is one of the most important seasons in history eight wins including a bowl victory and vindication for Holton and company Steve says unfortunately losing to NC State Navy and Cincinnati man i just love the the differing in responses we get here either you're we got people who are all positive only remember the negative and i guess it is true that you look back on certain seasons and you just think, "Man, what could have been?" and and that's, yeah, you know, I hate to say it. I'll remember the positives for sure, but part of me will also look back and say, "Man, what if they could have just made those kicks? What if Holton didn't throw that pick against Navy?" You just find yourself doing that type of stuff, and that's that's part of being a sports fan, though. Uh, Mike Sartain, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, uh, Mike. Uh, the way the team battled in most every game except Houston, I'm most disappointed about that game. The grit displayed by this team was great to see all season long. Jody Hollis says the dark path is what could have been, as we just discussed, and the light path, Keaton Mitchell turning on the afterburners. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Keaton Mitchell, he is uh, hes incredible. Uh, I'll never get tired of watching him. All right, Chris says, the concourse fire fest during the opener versus NC State will be seared into my memory bank forever. He is speaking to the uh, concession issues and just the the attendance being so good and the lack of, I guess, preparedness on ECU's side or Airmark side, whoever it was. It was a disaster from a uh, concession standpoint for sure. Uh, TD for hire says, the throwback unis, the bowl win, but most of all, I remember the players and what they accomplished. First time in a long time, I felt we should have won every game, and they did too. Well, maybe, except for Houston, but I digress. Uh, Nathan says, I will most remember a long-awaited bowl victory in the spectacular offensive production we had. Kudos to Holton, Keaton, our receiving core, and the defensive unit for shutting down the Chanticleers. Melissa Matthews says, finally making it to a bowl game and winning four overtime and winning. Feeling like the Pirate team I know and love is back and going in the right direction. James C. Fletcher says, I think more than anything, this was the year that the fan base truly got excited about ECU football again. The wins were sweeter and the losses were so much more painful because Pirate Nation felt like we had a vested interest in this team, its potential, and where it was headed. Tremendously said, James. Matt Bill says, Keaton Mitchell's breakout year. Well, I think last year was Keaton Mitchell's breakout year, but this year, I guess, he did technically break out even more. He is a, He's an incredible player. Uh, Troy Smith says, Steven Igo giving us another year of fantastic service. Troy, I think you're just trying to win a free subscription, but I appreciate the words. Uh, Pirate Treasure NC, Walter Powell, he's our photographer on Hoist of Colors, he says... Special team blunders, up and downs of our overtime games, blowing out UCF, Houston blowing us out, records broken by several Pirates, the bowl win, and who could forget the concessions and food service debacles. He pretty much covered it all right there. Uh, David Leak says the uniforms and uniform reveal, the Holton to CJ explosion at USF, and the bowl game smackdown of the beach chickens. Pirate Nation is back. Question mark slash exclamation point. I don't know, David, is Pirate Nation back? I feel like Pirate Nation's back. Certainly on way back, as many of you guys have touched on. Uh, Brett Luna says six points from being 11-2. and two. We owe so much to this team and staff for riding the ship. Thank you, ECU Pirate Football. Pirate Chris says the missed kicks against State, unfortunately. Joey Barnes says four straight ECU home games to start the season growing Pirate Nation larger even after... The heartbreaking loss to NC State. Also, Pirates' resiliency to bounce back after a tough loss to Tulane in the incredible overtime win versus Memphis to go on a winning streak to become bowl eligible by November. Joshua Faulkner says, Taking my son to the Old Dominion game with his friends and seeing Keith Mitchell t- take a long touchdown run to the house and thinking that's the fastest I have ever seen someone run. He was moving, there's no doubt. Uh, Michael Leonard says, kicking game week one. Fair enough. He also has a picture, it looks like, of a UNC player shooting a shot. So, yeah, don't know what to say about that. Uh, Anyways, um, Joe Welsh also says, missed field goal versus NC State. Uh, The ARG says, Ruff McNeil napping on the sideline again. Some of you guys are just... uh, (laughs) Y'all are either cruel or trying to be funny. I don't know which which side it was. It was it was great to see Ruff back. Certainly a little weird and red, but Ruff's the man. Uh, Denny O'Brien, the great D.O.B., says bowl win hashtag positive tweets only. We know Denny likes to tweet negative stuff quite a bit as well. So I don't believe you, Denny, but I appreciate your participation. Uh, Jimmy Haley says positive the bowl win and wins versus UCF and BYU negative the state and navy games overall oh then he's saying overall ecu football was exciting and relevant again really enjoyed watching this team you know we haven't talked about the navy game and i don't know if i should that one to me that hurts more more than nc state that was a game ecu didn't need to lose and i'm not going to dwell on that game because i don't want to talk about it anymore probably makes me a little sick Uh, keaton winston he says unfortunately the state game as you know a lot of uh, a lot of ecu fans will always remember that one because it's your true rivalry you know people that went to nc state and that's what makes it uh makes it tough uh this was the steve the pissed off pirate he comes in with this was the season of if ifs and buts were candy and nuts we'd all have a merry christmas eight wins Including the bowl game was great, but I will never forget Mike Houston having more trust in his young kicker to beat State than his fifth-year quarterback. I will never understand that. Yeah, I mean, we we diagnosed that one to death after the game. Could have played to get a little closer, but at the end of the day, you did have your all-conference kicker coming off an all-conference season. Unfortunately, he had just missed the extra point, so I think we all kind of knew he was in his own head at that point. So, But what happened did happen. Uh, Sports for Life says, this is the year we became relevant again. We are absolutely trending in the right direction. Uh, Martin H., who is down, he lives in Birmingham and met up with him for a little while at the Birmingham Bowl. Also saw him at the BYU game. He says, the win in Provo, Utah on a cold Friday night was easily the highlight moment that made those freaking Pirates Bowl eligible. The four overtime win against Memphis is a strong 1B hashtag how about those freaking pirates yeah man that for those that made the byu trip if you were there you understand why it's number one on my list uh john byram says deuce running wild hard to disagree there pack the jungle says i'll remember how good it feels to have fans passionate about the games versus being apathetic the last five to seven years back-to-back bowls and winning slash losing close games the fans care again it's good to have them back uh, a, a Satchman says 34 to 13. He is speaking about the UCF game. Uh, JL Kraft says the Memphis four overtime game and blowing out UCF. Kimberly Lewis says the smile on Holt Naylor's face after the bowl game. Honestly, he showed all the longtime doubters. What a way to go out on a positive note for all the seniors. Ed Good says pirate football is fun. Again, Destry says Holden Leeton Holton Leading the band. It's a Hollywood ending. Titus says the NC State missed kick and the UCF butt whooping we put on them. Calypso Redneck. Great great username. Uh, he says, I assume it's a he. Uh, lost the state when we had them beat. Complete beatdown by Navy. That was, I mean, the Navy game wasn't a complete beatdown. I don't really know what you're getting at. Uh, Could have, should have, would have been one of the better seasons in a great while. Better than it was anyway. Getting to a bowl win in eight years was good, though. Uh, Dan, yes, I am a pirate, says good. Quarterback one, bad. Kicker heartbreak. Keegan Johnson says the goal line defense against NC State. John Patrick Noonan has a tweet where he tags Keaton Mitchell and has the roadrunner keyboard monkey says the welling on UCF that being said the plays made in overtime against Memphis stick in my head there was just an incredible sequence of plays uh in that in that bowl game I still remember Keaton catching that ball on the sideline and just stepping to his left to make a guy miss and going in for the game time two-point conversion that was an awesome play CJ with the go-ahead two-point conversion awesome awesome game Intern Griffin says, stealing UCF's playbook and nearly winning out three of four of the Big 12 games. Of course, ECU just falling to Cincinnati, which could have given them three. Wasn't close to beating Houston, but still two and two, not bad. Uh, JB says, the goal line stand against NC State still gives me chills every time. Uh, Svetsk and Geno season says terrible special teams, so close to an 11 win year with better kicking, but great wins against UCF slash BYU, Ehlers slash Deuce and the receivers ball and great win whooping the number two Sunbelt team. And Gene says the season that could have been Holton Ehlers was so banged up at the Cincy and Houston game that I feel like we had a better chance of winning if Garcia played. I don't know. I mean, Holton played pretty good against Cincinnati. And Houston, I don't think it would have mattered if uh, if Jeff Blake was back there playing quarterback with the way the team showed up that day. All right, we got a few more here. Taylor says, our poor kicking that lost us too many games. Should have been 11-2 and this season. Dick Willard says, the heart of the team and the will to win. Thank you, Pirate coaches and players. Juan says the four straight home games that left my liver non-existent and because we could have and should have won all four of them seeing a full stadium against state and good crowd stay for the double overtime against Navy was a great feeling. Austin Sullivan says regardless of the bowl win and the successful season, I still cannot stomach losing to state the way we did. And John Smith doesn't have any words, but he does have a picture And it is a picture of the attendance for the NC State game. It says, today's attendance, 51,711, a program record. And I believe that is where we are going to end because I can't find any responses I haven't read yet. I think I read them all. I think I made it through them all. Thank you guys for contributing so much to the show. Thank you for taking the time to respond. It basically made the show, made my job easy. Just had to read you guys' responses. It took about 20 minutes, if not longer. So thank you guys for doing that. And, and, you know, thank you guys for listening to the podcast all year long. Thanks to the subscribers on Hoist the Colors. Couldn't do this without you guys. Thanks to the ECU football team, to all the administrators, coaches out there that deal with us on a daily basis or weekly basis, however long we see you guys. Um, y'all make my job a lot easier and I sincerely appreciate that. Uh, couldn't do it without you guys either. So it's a uh, it's a village. It really is. Power Nation is special. The people are what make it special. And uh, I love what I do. And it's certainly a lot more fun when the team wins, when all the teams we cover win, have success. But either way, it's an honor to, to cover East Carolina, provide you guys with info and Glad we could have another great year on the Hoist the Colors podcast and on hoistthecolors.net. Looking forward to do it again in 2023, and we will start up here in the next few days, probably with a podcast about what to expect in 2023. But it was a fun 2022. And again, thank you guys for tuning in to the HTC podcast all year long. That'll do it for this edition. We'll be back with you next year. See you next time.